We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the NBA Front Office Show. It's Friday. You know what that means. Front Office Friday! Let's go. We get the real yell, not the hotel room Keith yell. <laughs> He's got to be quiet. Ah, oh, now it feels like Friday. I like that. I like that. The, the world just feels right again after we got the, the official Front Office Friday yell. Uh, Keith, how how are you doing, man? I know we're uh, a little bit later, but that's because uh, you went to go see the Marvels. Please tell me it was great. I loved it. I, I, I'm Ooh, not going to do any right. spoilers here, but I really did love it. It, it was uh, it was just fun. It's short. It's only like an hour and a half long, so shorter mm-hmm. than most Marvel movies. Uh, but just it, it was just fun. Like, like it was funny. It had some heart. It was very breezy. Like in and out. Uh, I, it's not a spoiler, but I will say if you, I've seen uh, in gotten questions from people like, if I didn't watch Ms. Marvel, am I going to get it? Am I going to like it? Yeah, mm-hmm. you'll be fine. It, it okay. enhances it a little if you've seen Ms. Marvel, which you should watch. It, it was a fun watch, uh, especially like being the parent of a teenage daughter. Like it was just a lot of that show hit home uh, right. for us. But yeah, it, it, it was fun, man. All, all around, just a good, fun uh, Marvel movie and I feel like, you know, just they, they, they did well with it. And you're we're back to got to stay in your seat during the credits because there's a pretty cool mm. post credit scene, too. I've I've heard there's something pretty juicy in the, in yeah, the post credits. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited. I'm debating whether or not a uh, seven year old think they'll be good. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's yeah. there's um, it's typical Marvel, like yeah. superhero, like punching sure. hard violence and stuff. There, there's a little bit of language, but it's it's not you know crazy, um, and it's it's well placed. And it, it's it was just funny, man. It was it was one of the I, I think funnier uh, Marvel movies that's not like Taika Waititi doing Thor uh, stuff. So I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was fun. End of Loki was also really good. Um, I heard it was amazing. I, I got to get the episode two on that one. Yeah. But, uh, I'm going to start around good stuff. That. Yeah. <laughs> Keith, this is, <laughs> this is, this is both, both like a, a both praising you for everything you've been, you've been doing in terms of, of all the weight you've lost and all that while taking a shot at my Lakers. So I figured you, 
you you would enjoy this. Yeah, that's one of my favorite comments we've ever got. Yeah, I'm, I'm working on it. To, to, the, the, this week was not a good week. I will say that um, we we were uh, you know, very. It was just one of those weeks we're running around like crazy people every yeah. single day. So uh, not not a lot of good eating uh, there. I don't know if you can hear the dog is. Whining. I can. In the background, yeah, he wants to play with the other dog, and she's like, "No, it is nap time. Like, what are we doing here?" So yeah, <laughs> he's uh, he's getting very loud. Um, the, uh, the the dog's like, "You guys just got home, and you're already going live. Come on, man!" Right? Yeah, Come on. yeah. <laughs> I appreciate uh, it, Gary Gutierrez. Thank you, man. I, yes. I, I hope you can see it as well. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And now they're gonna pull with this squeaky toy and you know this show's off the rails already we are we're, that's okay it's it's friday, it's, so. it's friday it's friday we are we're off the rails but that's okay um I, I guess let's talk let's talk a little basketball here yeah 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 um when in terms of because there's there's this obviously injuries and things going around but when i look at this whole thing we talked about a little bit yesterday the clippers trading for daniel tice Based on what we saw at the FIBA World Cup, I can't help but think, man, that would be perfect for the Clippers if they're able to get that deal done. Agreed. Yeah, this one came in very late into uh, <laughs> that was a loud squeak. <laughs> yeah, they've got it now. They're fighting over a toy. So, <laughs> so the, the, those little one succeeded with getting the other one to play, and now they're they're battling over a toy. So yeah. that's that's going to be Russell Westbrook and, and James Harden battling right. over the basketball. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. Well, welcome to front office dog show talk. Um, <laughs> Yeah, Daniel Tice, I, I mean, he'd be a perfect fit for them. We, Mason Plumley, we know at this point, probably months uh, rather than weeks that, that he's going to be out with, with the injury he has, just, uh, you know, it's expecting that. And and Tice is just a good, solid player. Did did you happen to notice last night the Pacers snuck him in for like eight minutes? Oh, did they? In the I game. Didn't. So, yeah, he, he didn't do too much. He was fine. He just kind of played defense and ran up and down the floor, set some screens, but it was kind of funny. It's like, Oh, now all of a sudden he's getting minutes. That's kind of funny. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, you know, all, all around. I, I think Daniel Tice, he's like you said, he showed in the world cup. He can still play. It's just, Indiana has a lot of other uh, centers that they're trying to play instead, which makes sense for them where they are with their team building. So yeah, if he lands with another team, it lands with the Clippers, that'd be a great addition. And it's a pretty acquirable contract, 9 million or so. So the Clippers, still have the ability to put something together to go get a guy like that if they want to. So mm -hmm. let's kind of keep, I think that's one, just let's keep an eye on it uh, here over the next uh, couple months. Yeah. It's something that again, I think would make a lot of sense depending on, on Mason Plumley, And obviously if he's out a few months, I think he would help them out a lot. Um, he can be a really nice fit for them. Uh, what do you, what do you think about this whole this story about John Wall? You know, but pursuing yeah. an NBA cup, like I don't fault him for pursuing it, but sure. I'm not, I'm not expecting it either. Are you like, it kind of feels like the, the ship has sailed here. Yeah. I, I, he didn't look great when he played last year. Like it just looked kind of what he made him so special was that top end speed when he had the ball mm -hmm. uh, in, in his hands. Like it, it was, you know, we talked about Tyrese Maxey with that a little bit yesterday, Darren Fox. He was, he was just like those guys, like he could fly, uh, but dad didn't, didn't play well. 40% from the field, 30% from three. Uh, did, just looked kind of slow uh, defensively. He's, and now I believe he, let me make sure I have, to have this right. Yeah, he's 33 years old. So, I mean, by all means, you know, if he can make it back, we'll be rooting for him to, to, to play well and do well sure. if he gets back to the league. I just don't think it's going to happen at this point. 
Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I, I never I never root against these guys because I want to see them get to, you know, continue to to live their dream and, and all of that. But I wouldn't say it's uh it's likely at this point. Wouldn't say it's likely. Yeah. yeah. Uh Michael said, any depth piece thoughts for the Celtics given the bigs depth guard depth? Um, what do you think there? Yeah, I mean, I think they would love it if Tice got bought out uh, instead of traded because, you know, we, we know Brad Steven has a, Stevens has an affinity for yes. Daniel Tice, so he'd be, I'm sure, uh, welcomed back with open arms there. I think, I think a lot of this is more the guys they have need to play better, like Peyton Pritchard needs to make shots. Uh, he's he's uh, getting really a lot of criticism right now uh, from Celtics fans, which is, is fair on the scoring and shooting front. It's not mm-hmm so fair on the uh everything else he's playing defense he's rebounding well he's uh, making plays so he's doing doing you know stuff there uh with that but yeah i think it's just get, get those guys playing a little bit better because it's not they, they don't have a lot of trade pieces left to to go out and make a trade with they, they kind of cash most of those in and and it's really kind of what you see is what you get and they, they're also going to be extremely limited uh via buyout because anybody who makes more than the uh non-taxpayer mid-level amount which is about 12 million they can't sign them uh yeah any team that's over the tax can't sign a guy like that so or over the first apron uh and they're clearly well over the second apron so they they wouldn't be able to sign them so so that's difficult i say mike wolf says they let one gabriel go and he was good he just wasn't good for them he, he did not yeah. look good with, uh, during the brief time he spent with them so i i think it's um you know they're and uh they're, they're they, they moved on for reasons uh, Aaron says, why are we not talking about Daniel Tice to the Lakers? The Lakers can't trade any of their contracts right now. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's a big piece to it. When you look at the guys that in theory, they've got a lot of contracts that could stack up in, in trade discussions, but mm-hmm. those guys all aren't trade eligible. And correct me if I'm wrong here, Keith, cause I'd like to get clar- clarification on this Jared Vanderbilt, because of when he did his extension and the size yep. of the extension will not be trade eligible this season. Correct. Correct. Yep. Correct. Yeah. Jared Vanderbilt will be with the Lakers uh, for the duration of, of this season. And then, yeah, you're right with anybody who was signed like over the summer during like the bulk of free agency. So the July period, that's a December 15th uh, trade trade date. Anybody who was signed uh, much later, it's you know, the minimum of, um, you know, time that has to pass before they could go. So yeah, it's trade 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 season. Really, even for Daniel Tice to the Clippers, that's probably just more of a, they're monitoring it and he is trade eligible. So maybe something could happen now that was obviously triggered by the Plumlee injury. But we're probably not going to see another trade or any kind of major trade until after we're past December 15th, because that's when about about 85, 90 percent of the league becomes trade eligible. Then we hit into uh, January 15th when the roughly the last 10 percent or so. And there's always a handful of guys who are not trade eligible uh, during a period of time. Well, and, and I can tell you this, there's a lot of we, we look at that December 15th date. Right. And we talk about it a lot. And sometimes fans will get really excited about December 15th as though they're expecting this explosion <laughs> trades to take yeah. place on December, like the floodgates open and all these trades occur. And sometimes you'll see like one or two, or but most of the deals, most teams aren't really willing for a couple of reasons, aren't really willing to make a move that early in part because they're still trying to figure out exactly what it is that they have and what they don't have. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of teams will be in that situation. And then also you don't have that built-in urgency of the trade deadline. Usually you have to have that, that built in that hard stop. You can't go past this date to 
force teams to get more realistic. We heard this a lot last year that there were a lot of teams that were their asking prices were sky high for everything in December. Why? Because they've got two more months mm-hmm. to negotiate it and figure things out. So you typically don't see a lot of action like right on December 15th or anything. Usually when the trades start trickling in, maybe mid-January, but most of it's going to get done in that week before the trade deadline, which is going to be on February 8th. Yeah, if I have this correct, I think our earliest one last year was, what was it, like January 8th or so when uh, the Rui Hachimura deal uh, got done a year ago. So that that was you know, that, that was our earliest trade. So mm-hmm. it's pretty rare to, to get a trade in December, but we usually get one trade or so yeah. gets done in that December to January window. And then when we kind of go from there is when we end up in, in a spot where then it really picks up after, after January because then you've got about a month. Uh, till the trade deadline that's what things pick up like for example uh last year you know right in december the westbrook trade wouldn't happen because the jazz weren't ready to move on from mike conley yet yeah. that was a key part of that trade was moving him to, to minnesota and go from there so yeah it's a uh it's it's just a little bit of a you know it, it's a it's a dead not even a deadline it's a key date on paper but it really doesn't mean a whole heck of a lot it's just now those guys are are eligible uh right. with that i i'm gonna shout out too um it's not ready quite yet but we tweaked and built an all new uh and updated we'll be ready to go by the time trade season opens trade machine over on spot track Ooh, um, all the broken trade machines and everything that just they, they don't work right and there's always something wrong and in, mm-hmm. in that we went ahead and uh, we'll re- rebuilt one with all the new logic, all the new trade rules and all that. So hopefully that'll become everybody's kind of go-to trade machine. But we're super excited to roll that out. It's in, in testing phase right now. So I, I, or as I'll more uh, honestly put it, I am trying to break it um, so that we, we fix it before we roll it out. <laughs> so Keith, so. Keith smash. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I've been, uh, I've been, I've been, making fake trades for a while now and trying to get some and so far so good it's, it's working the way it should so it's not a it, for, for example it's not letting me trade uh stephen curry for peyton pritchard just yet i might i might have him build that logic in on the side then then also just for you come up, sneak it into the league's official code as well and then we'll go <laughs> but we'll see <laughs> so that will actually be really useful because i can tell you and i know fans everybody watching you probably feel the same with the new trade rules coming in, I'm going to be second guessing myself quite a bit uh-huh. this year, especially because I feel like we had the old trade rules in for so long that most of the time somebody could just say player X for player Y or whatever. And I could say that works or that doesn't work or these three yep. players. And in my head, I could just do the math enough, you know, and I have a general idea of what everybody's contract looks like. And I could say, oh, clearly that doesn't work or it does. Or if it's close, I look at the numbers, but I have a pretty good sense of what works and what doesn't. Now that the trade rules have changed and the different teams are in these different categories and everything, and I know we had different categories, but but it's just, it's different. It's going to take a little bit of an adjustment. So Mm -hmm. I will be using that trade machine quite a bit, trying to make sure the math on everything works and, and, uh, and whatnot. Yeah. I mean, that that was the idea, right? And it's no, no knock on other trade machines that are out there, but people send me stuff pretty regularly, Mm -hmm. uh, usually through social that media work. occasion and email and it's like hey this was allowed but this seems like it shouldn't work and i'm like yeah you're right it shouldn't work or something that should work is not working for some reason so yeah so i'm trying to trying to really you know put, put it into a, a place where um you know where we're trying to roll out a tool that 
really does work for everybody. And then if anybody really wants to get you know, really crazy, we have our whole manage tool out there, which mm-hmm. is where you can you know, run all the way through a full you know off season for any team in the league with you know signings, renouncing players, trading players, whatever it is uh, you want to do with that. You, you have that ability still uh, there, and that that's also being being reworked and tweaked. Our uh, our programmer extraordinaire is working very very hard to make our tools uh, that much better and accessible for everybody. I'm going to be doing so many off-season run-throughs come come <laughs> like, you know, June, July. We're going to be putting numbers together, all that. Well, I guess we can even start doing that in May. But um, sure. all right, let's get into some of these other other questions and comments here. This one said, Pacers might be for real. They could definitely make the top six in the East. Halliburton is getting better and better. And where, where do we stand? We talked about the Pacers a little bit. It's one of the surprises of the season so far um, last year or last, last show yesterday. But is this... Real is this? I mean, they just beat the they beat the Bucks last night, mm-hmm. six and three. They've got wins over. I mean, the Jazz, the Spurs. Okay, you know, but they they've got a win over the Cavs, two wins over the Cavs, really. So is this real? Are six and three like is this team a, a real? I don't want to say contender, but are they a solid playoff team in the East, or is this small sample size and they're going to level off? It feels pretty real to me. I think there there's two parts to this. Small sample size for this year, but this team was pretty good last year before Hal Burton got hurt. And then by the time he's ready to come back, they dropped off enough that they were just like, all right, it doesn't really make sense. Let's uh, re- reposition, right? Well, we're mm-hmm. going to reprioritize for ping pong balls. And now they're kind of right back to where they were, except they're right back to where they were, I think, with a much better balanced roster. Having Obi Toppin and Bruce Brown gives them a little bit more size and rebounding and topping and then it gives them a much uh, better defender and brown is a pretty good secondary playmaker uh, Mm -hmm. to have on the floor what's been super exciting to me two things that i've noticed really in their last two full games that i watched one of which was against the bucks last night uh benedict matherin is he's starting to do more than just score. He's been getting on the boards. Uh, he had four assists a couple games ago. That's pretty impressive to me because the scoring is always going to be there for him. I have no doubt about that. But we don't want him necessarily to be in the, and I don't mean to be negative in saying this, but I don't want him to be just like another Kelly Oubre that just scores. Like the, the, he has a better skill set to be a better all-around player. So hopefully that's you know ultimately what he turns into. And then with Tyrese Halliburton, this really stood out in the Bucks game. It, I, this used to be my favorite thing about Chris Paul back when Chris Paul used to play up tempo. He doesn't really do that anymore. But the game was always played at whatever tempo Chris Paul wanted it played at. If he wanted to play fast, the game was played fast. If he wanted it to play slow and walk it up, Chris Paul played it slow. Now Tyrese Halliburton's kind of taken up that mantle. They play fast a lot in Indiana, but against the Bucks last night, he was able to, all right, it's getting tight now. We're going to slow it down. We're going to find a good job. We're going to really you know, work it here. We're going to bleed the clock a little bit. Now, that was super impressive to me uh, with him. So, yeah, that's that's. I think that the Pacers are absolutely for real, and I will not be surprised if they finish top six in the East. Yeah, I think they – I agree. I think they are – Indeed, for real, I don't know if they will remain the number one offense in the NBA through the whole season. In fact, if you, if you ask me to put money on it, I'm taking the field just because sure. of you know, the math involved. Yes, but uh, I think they can be a good offense for the entirety of the season and, and wind up being in that playoff mix. Uh, this one, Tamal Paul said, uh, should the Lakers relook at their medical staff? This comes up, Keith, and this is not just a Lakers thing. This comes up whenever a team experiences a lot of injuries. 
people start asking questions about the medical staff as though it's a, a medical staff issue. They're not doing their job, but that's why the players aren't, aren't healthy. He says health issues are dogging us every year. Can't just be coincidence. This year, Braun and AD are healthy. Uh, well, AD is not right now, but uh, still we are underperforming because of health issues. Yeah, I mean, the Lakers have been slammed by injuries. Again, they've been they've had an eight-man rotation for four games now. Yeah, straight four games. They've had four eight, eight players to play. They got down to six players at one point um, in the Miami game. So that's definitely been rough, but I all that's all this stuff is behind the scenes. That's part of it too. But I have a hard time looking at it saying injuries are because the medical staff isn't doing something at, at least with any certainty being able to say that being that I the medical part is not my background or anything. So it's 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 always a difficult thing for me to address. So I'm curious to see because I get this question a lot. Curious to see what you think, Keith. Yeah, I think there's two components to this. One, like like you said, AD not healthy right now. So AD is the the challenge with him is he's a player who has known health issues. So I'm yeah. not certainly not going to put that on the Lakers medical staff. Uh, he was hurt in new Orleans a lot. Like he's just a guy who picks up, uh, you know, as they would say in uh, soccer, it picks a up a knock every yep. now and then. Right. And then he, he's out for, you know, a few games. It's just going to kind of be how it goes. And then it feels like, you know, at least every other year he picks up a semi-serious injury that costs him about a month's worth of time. It's just kind of how it is. LeBron at this point at his age, I mean, it's remarkably, almost remarkably, doesn't miss more time, right? I mean, we're 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 in completely uncharted territory with, with him uh, playing the yeah. high level usage role that he plays at his age. So that's just a different thing. Now, I would say Vanderbilt and Vincent, those ones, yeah, that kind of came out of nowhere. But yeah. I don't know, you know, I, I'm not, I don't want to, you know, it's hard to pin it on the medical staff if it's something like player rolled his ankle or a player, you know, fell into a guy's knee or something like that. It's where I will more a little bit be like, all right, what are we doing kind of here? If it's a, all of a sudden everybody on the roster is coming down with a strained calf or a hamstring strain or something like that. Are we, are we not taking care of ourselves the right way? Are we not doing the recovery programs the right way? You know, where are we at? Like those things I do, you know, kind of raise an eyebrow on, but I'm not going to pin this on the Lakers medical staff. I think it's just a run run of, injured players picking up injury or injury prone players picking up mm-hmm. injuries and just bad luck. I mean, I, I know people yeah. don't like to hear that, but you know, sometimes that happens, right? Every once in a while you have that, those years where a guy who never got hurt all of a sudden is, is hurt. And they're out. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's, and that, again, that can just be unfortunate timing or, or something like that, that, uh, that causes that. So uh, again, it's hard to pinpoint something on the medical staff. Now, again, if, if you had, the rash of the same injury or something. I think you're right. That's where you can start looking at it. Otherwise, mm-hmm. I, I don't know that we know enough about exactly what the medical staff is doing yeah. to, to have that. I, I I think there's a really good idea here, Keith. Craig says the NBA should have two trade deadlines, one on black Friday for 48 hours <laughs> and one regular one in February. How about let's even go 24 hours on black Friday. Just the, the window opens for one day. And you can and you can make these these trades for these contracts that you signed over the summer and everything. And then otherwise, you've got uh, the regular trade deadline in February. And I'm talking about just for those, those summer contracts. You have one day. They call it a buyer's regret day, <laughs> and and you can suddenly move all of these deals. And that would that would open. So not only could we be sitting there, constantly refreshing Amazon and Walmart and all those other things, looking for Black Friday deals, we could also be 
just slammed by NBA trades. I think that would be that would be absolutely fantastic. Yeah, one, my first thought is Craig is trying to make sure we definitely end up divorced because that's a good way to <laughs> spend a holiday weekend is you know, even more uh, locked in to, to the phone. But yeah, I kind of, it's funny, right? I mean, we've got this in-season tournament now. I just use knock, like let's continue the soccerfication of, of the NBA. But it is funny. There are um, a handful of executives who have pitched the idea of uh, almost like transfer windows. And if people don't know how it works in, in mm-hmm. kind of worldwide soccer is you have a transfer period, uh, basically kind of towards the end of the summer uh, as the seasons are getting ready to start um, where these, these teams can, they, they can sign and it's not really trade, but like sell and loan and buy and sign players. Yeah. Um, and then um, that end, is different. In, in your, yeah. And very different. Cause you're, you know, a lot of times it's just who wants to pay the most for this guy yep. and then they go, but, uh, but then that stops. And effectively there are free agents who get, you know, completely uh, released and then can sign with teams, but effectively movement stops for you know months. And mm-hmm. then it opens back up. I believe in January is the next transfer window will open. Then they've got about another month where teams can, can do these kind of moves. What's interesting is there's been a proposal in the NBA. I know at least a couple of executives proposed that that's what they have is they have like a trade window where these are the only windows in which you can make trades. So far, the NBA has kind of said, no, we're no, nobody It hasn't garnered enough support, yeah. but it is. I mean, I know Craig was you know saying this probably somewhat tongue in cheek, but yeah. it is something that is kind of floated out there where there's mm-hmm. been this idea of like, should we have like, like trade windows in the NBA? It'd probably be closer to like a two or three week window uh, yeah. versus two, two big ones. But yeah, that, that is a little bit of fun. Yeah. It could be exciting. It'd be an exciting little change. Uh, Fernando said, Keith, if you use the mid-level exception this year on a three-year contract, like say Gabe Vincent, does that lock the mid-level exception for three years? How does that work? No, yeah. So the mid-level exception you get every year. Um, that that that's that's a uh, replaceable exception. Um, so even though the Lakers signed Gabe Vincent, if they are under the tax apron next year, they'll have access to the full uh, non-taxpayer MLE uh, the year after if they're over the tax apron. And the Lakers are kind of dancing right in that range, pending what happens with a lot of the guys on player options and whatnot. Uh, you land in a spot where you could have the taxpayer MLE, uh, which is you know, a little over five million um, with that one. So that that'll be where where the, they'll be living. The one that comes and goes is the biannual exception. If you use that, which the Lakers did use that one as well yep. uh, on Tory and Prince this year, uh, they will not have the biannual exception available to them next year. Now, why would the Lakers use it this year on Tory and Prince? Well, one get a chance to get a good, helpful player um, for a you know, relatively value contract. Yeah. But the other piece of it is what, what it is is probably a read of the Lakers saying we're probably going to be over the tax apron next year. And if you're over the tax apron, you don't have access to the biannual exception anyway. It goes away. So a lot of times when teams know we're probably going to be really expensive the following year, they'll try to you know cram that in and use it this year. Now, that did hard cap the Lakers at the first apron. So they're, they, they are uh, up in there. I've got them. Let's see. I can tell you uh, at this point, I've got them about – Almost five million under the uh, the, the tax apron, so that, mm-hmm. that should be enough wiggle room to do anything they need to do, um, as far as trade wise go. But but yeah, but that's a longer answer than probably what Fernando was looking for. But they will still have yes. uh, the the MLE. The mid level exception renews each year, refreshes. Yeah. You use it one year, you still get you as long as you have the 
are in the correct situation financially, mm -hmm. you can use it again. You could use it year after year after year after year after year if you continue to have the the ability to do so with the other restrictions not stopping you from doing it. Just because you used it the year prior doesn't mean that you can't. Or if you have a player under contract on it, doesn't mean that it's used. You could get to use it again the next year. You could have you could have a team full of guys that are all on mid level exceptions if you if you really wanted to. If you yeah, so, so choose. Yep. Um, all right, let's get into this. Oh, Mike threw out, hopefully the Suns have to use their regular <laughs> courts tonight like the Mavs will. So uh, because the Suns court is ugly. You know, I was actually glad that the Suns court is purple and not orange. If you've seen it's sorry, I should yeah, preface this. I, I, it's, sorry, it's a yeah. tournament. Um, it's a tournament game tonight. And so the in-season tournament, we've seen those courts. But uh, the Suns court is, is mostly purple. And I was worried it was going to be orange because that would be super bright. But nonetheless, I agree. I think the in-season tournament courts have been generally ugly. What's going on with the Mavs, from what the NBA has said, is there is a technical problem with their in-season tournament court. So they're using instead, I believe it's their City Edition court, that they're going to be using instead, which is not nearly as loud as the, the tournament court is. But it's still going to count as a tournament game for them, even though the Mavs aren't playing on that loud court. So maybe a better viewing experience for, for Mavs fans for their tournament game tonight but lakers everybody else that's playing uh in tournament games tonight you'll get the the louder court that um i've seen some rep some support but i'd say it's probably 80 20 with people not liking them compared to liking them yeah the, the biggest thing that i saw was complaints on the bulls court uh because yeah. it was those two two uh tones of red uh been red with a lot of black accents in it mm -hmm. and they uh were playing we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. 
That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Maybe it was the Nets uh, wearing black jerseys and the complaint was people who were colorblind were like, I can't watch. Like I can't, Mm -hmm. I can't tell what's happening out there. Like it's a mess for me to try to watch. So that's something I think the NBA needs to factor in a little bit better next time. Like remember uh, the NFL launched when they launched Thursday night football, the color rush uniforms. Oh yeah. And a lot of the viewers there complained too. They're like, Hey, it's cool that you have a team wearing, you know, Navy blue against uh, green. But for those of us who are colorblind, I can't, it's two dark uniforms and I can't tell the difference. So I can't watch this game. So, yeah. so they, they quickly went away from that. Before that season even ended, I believe they started saying, all right, the home team will wear color rush. The other team will wear other, uh, their light colored uh, uniforms. So yeah, we'll see. It was like fun last night. I, you know, again, if, if you don't have any issues with telling the colors, like the magic and the Hawks played in Mexico city and they mm-hmm. both wore, wore their, their uh, colored uniforms. The magic wore the, the blue ones and the Hawks wore their red ones. And, and they played out there with those. So I, you know, it's, it's okay. I, I, I'm a traditionalist. I prefer the, you know, home uniform at home, the away uniform away. Um, not to drive drove me crazier than, uh, for yeah. I want to say it was either two or three years in a row, the Celtics played at the Bulls on um, St. Patrick's Day, and the Bulls wore these green uniforms. And it's like you're playing the Celtics, like you. Why are you wearing green? So, but that's right. a whole other, a whole other. That's thing. yes, and we've gotten into the whole home and away jerseys, yeah. and can't we just go back to the good old days and all that kind of <laughs> stuff? Um, Goat said, "Could relegation work in the NBA? Or would it be too difficult? No, it can't work in the NBA. It's, it's too much. Yeah, too much money." Team, uh, yeah, it's too much money at risk. If you're if you're an NBA owner and your team is now worth billions, right? And there's a chance suddenly you're not in the NBA anymore, you're not going to be happy with that. You're not going to be happy with that because your team yeah. that was worth billions isn't going to be worth billions anymore. And if, that's that's not going to work. If you want relegation, you need to root for like expansion to something in the range of 50-ish teams. And then and only then could you maybe see the NBA say, all right, we can start to do some form of uh, relegation where you know maybe the top division is the top 20 teams mm-hmm. and the bottom division is the bottom 30 teams. And everybody's kind of trying to play, play their way up into that top division. But as it stands today, no, because yeah, nobody wants to be bumped down to, you know, under the current structure, bumped down to the G league. Like no one's yeah. going to do that. Cause and, and the other problem is the way the, the uh, collective bargaining agreements and the like are set up, like, now do you no longer share in that? So you'd have to right. build this where it's, it's a, a you you basically start from scratch and say, all right, we're starting with a new, you know, 50-ish game, maybe 40 could work, and it's 20 and 20, but everybody shares in all the, the profits, but, you know, 20 teams. And then you'd almost have to play that first year out to be like, all right, we're going to knock 20 teams out this very first season uh in there because i don't know how else you would start unless you said you know oh, we're just going to start with the new teams or or whatever but yeah it's uh you know it, it's just tough it's it's not something i see coming to no. uh any american sports anytime soon 
it would be such an uphill battle to try to bring mm-hmm. it in. It's such an uphill battle. I just can't see people being on board. Uh, James Harden is almost playing like Ben Simmons the last year. Not in great physical si- shape. Scared as hell to shoot wide open shots. It's fascinating how much the Clippers have turned worse after the trade. Isn't it been like three days? Yeah. Something yeah. like that? And we don't know anything yet. Yeah. Like it's, it's, well, we got to give it more time tomorrow. Yeah. Like, we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll see. But I, yeah, I'm not going to make that. I'm not going to bank on that just yet. Even your dog didn't like that one. No, no. <laughs> but yes, I agree. It's, it's too small of a sample size. Mr. Easley said, is there a team you think is in trouble already? Memphis. Um, who are your picks for early season surprise? So we went over that a little bit on the, the show yesterday. We talked about some early surprises. Of course, the the Pacers being one of them, they've been um, been pretty interesting. But but Memphis, I think, is the team that's in trouble. And Keith, you spelled it out in terms of where they really realistically need to be when Ja comes back, they've already put themselves in quite a bit of a hole. They would have to have a very serious turnaround like right now to get to where they need to be when Ja comes back to start to make a push. Look, the Lakers started 2-10 and 10 last season. You, you never know, but this is a difficult start if this team wants to make the playoffs in the West. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're they're they're, they're the team easily that you can say is, is in trouble. Everybody else is, you know, either – bad and expected to be there or mm-hmm. you know just kind of you know they, they, they'll figure it out there's you know i mean we haven't even played 10 games yet i don't think for anybody in the league so but memphis is you know they're struggling yeah and then surprises we went through a whole bunch of teams and individual players and in the like yesterday but you know pacers have been very fun philly uh you know weathering this early season distraction stuff and playing so well is is really off to a good start so you know, but not not to pull the old go watch yesterday's show, but we we spent a lot of time on that yesterday. Go watch yesterday's show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let me. We'll finish with this one, uh, and then I know we got to run here. But Justin said, as a Lakers fan, I have to tell my fellow fans, relax. We're only eight games in. Be patient. Mostly, just wanted to drop in and say you two are crushing it. God bless and keep up the great work. Well, thank you very much. Justin. Yeah, thanks Justin. for Truly, those kind words. Truly do appreciate it. I'll tell you what, it's the nature of fandom. We ride the roller coaster. Team wins. Everything's great. Team loses. Uh, the sky is falling. It's it's kind of the way it goes. But um, I, I think it's also fair to say that Lakers have been pretty disappointing so far. And fans haven't been given something to really look at and say, well, they've got all these injuries. But that game, they looked really good. That's what they really are. And the injuries, once they're healthy, then that'll come back. I think the injuries have been an issue. But I also think they're just not playing well. They're just not playing good basketball. They're shooting mm-hmm. uh, probably unsustainably poorly. I think that I don't think they're really a 29% three point shooting team, but I, I think that will come up. But they've got a lot of things that they need to fix uh, the, the rebounding issues, all sorts of things. And I've spent a bunch of time talking about it on Lakers Nation, so I won't rehash everything here. But I understand why, why people are frustrated. They're not really a fun watch right now. It would be different if they were three and five and they every game was super close and they look good and they're putting up points and they're just somehow falling short at the end. But it's been kind of a grind watching them so far this season. And, and that's something I think people are looking for to, to turn around. So I understand the, the frustration with them right now, but you're right. It is just eight games. There's a long way to go. And as we saw last season, a lot can still happen. Yeah. I think right now too, they, I don't know what you can point to and say their identity is. Yeah. Right. Because they're not playing good enough defense to say they're a defensive team, which that's really what they became last year. I feel like that's you know what kind of kind of got them going was they picked it up defensively and then had had enough offense to to survive. Um we're seeing a little bit of the comeback to earth for Austin Reeves, right? There's no mm-hmm. he he is no surprise to anybody. And 
a lot of times when young guy gets all the pub from new contract in the Olympic or not the Olympics, the world cup team and yeah. all that, he's getting everybody's, you know, going at him now. Right. And that's, that's a little bit of, you know, Bill, he'll, he's a smart player. He's a good player. He'll figure it out. He's, I think, been pressed into having to do some stuff. That's not really what he is as a player as well. Uh, probably again, due to some of the injuries and the like, yeah. but yeah, I it's, yeah, it's, it's eight games in three and five. You know, again, you could be the Grizzlies. You know, you mm-hmm. can be sitting there at one and seven. I know it's only a difference of two games, but that probably feels like a world of difference uh, if you, you know, be being in one spot to the other. So I, I think, you know, I they'll, they'll be fine. You know, it's just, you know, my, again, just don't put yourself in such a big hole where you have to dig out, dig out of it with, you know, an unsustainable level of effort all the way through yes. uh, the end of the season, because eventually you will run out of gas. So, yep. so we'll, um, we'll, yeah, I, Mr. Classic says no one expected Austin Reeves to struggle like this. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, 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 it's been even it's been worse than like just normal regression would have been. But it's also an eight game sample size. Yeah. And a lot of it is yeah. I, I say it all the time. Three point shooting is not a sticky stat, even week to week. It's not a sticky yeah. stat. So uh, is he uh, it comes into to me, it becomes what do you what do you think is real? Is it real that he's a 28% shooter from three? No. Is it real that he's like a 45% shooter from three in the playoffs? No, it's probably somewhere in between. And that's okay. The, so when people look at, they look at the Lakers, they look at Austin Reeves and they go, oh, he's just trash. Yeah. Right. And that's, just, and that's just this determination that this is simply what a player is. I don't think that's, that's accurate. I think we're too far into small sample size territory. And I don't, I don't think it's reasonable to buy that he's just suddenly a terrible three point shooter. I think that'll come back around eventually. Will it go back to 40 plus percent? Maybe not, but I don't expect it to be this low all season. Yeah, I think the only thing that is I'm gonna say like like almost like when when you're you're flagging your sprinkler heads, like a little red flag like that size uh-huh. in, in the yard right now for the Lakers, little red flag is perimeter defense is a little too shaky for, it really for is. me. Um, yep. they, 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 they're really missing that one guy who can kind of get out there and lock down. Cause D'Angelo Russell's not that guy. LeBron is possession or two a game. That guy at this point now, like he just doesn't do that anymore. Reeves is, he, he's okay, but it's more if you're, if you're, he's not good enough to be put on the other team's best perimeter score and creator. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not who he is. So I don't, yeah, I kind of, that's kind of where I'm like, you know, could we get, a few more minutes for Max Christie and just maybe find out. Like, I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know that that's the answer. And maybe he struggled right... too. Yeah, he struggled too. But I feel like there's maybe something there. But I, you know, mm-hmm. maybe that guy's just not on the roster yet and they'll figure it out. I mean, they, yeah. they left themselves a little thin with kind of true perimeter players as it felt like they, they threw their moves, handled the ball handling, and then they handled the beefing up the front court, like true forward size guys. Yeah. They don't really have like, like it's kind of Reeves and then a whole bunch of unproven dudes at the two. And that that's a little bit of a weak spot. So, you know, but it's, again, it's eight games. We'll see if they figure that out, you know, where yeah. they go. Yeah. The moves they made said they really believed in, in, uh, in Christie and believed that, that Reddish was going to come in and be able to be something. And, He's done some good things defensively, but not, you know, not elsewhere. So uh, we'll see we how I feel do. about that one. <laughs> yes. Yes. Hey, one last thing. Uh, Robert Williams is out yeah. for the season. Yeah, that's uh, it. Yeah, you know, that's just, you know, that was confirmed today. So that, that stinks. Like that's just, you know, just, just there's nothing left to say except that that sucks. So Absolutely. It is what it is.
Well, on that happy note, <laughs> we're going <laughs> to end the show here. But I do appreciate everybody for joining us here on a Friday to talk some NBA basketball. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you do subscribe to the NBA Front Office Show here on YouTube. Hit that like button as well. We appreciate all of you. Have a fantastic weekend. and We will see everybody on Monday. Till then, see ya and stay safe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.